This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Podcast, albeit a very different one, not coming from Goldenton Road or any other delightful Bedford destination, but from the depths of self-isolation. However, not even coronavirus will stop us talking to our fans. We're attempting to carry on as normal as possible in these unprecedented times and bring you, the Blues family, as much content to keep you entertained in this difficult period. I'm Ryan Robinson and I'll be your host for this episode as we try to get several familiar Blues names on the phone to bring you interviews from across the club plus a few usual segments from Will Roberts. Now, the first person we're going to try and get on the line is going to be skipper Sean McCarthy to talk us through how the players are dealing with things at the moment. Um, Let's try calling Sean now. Hello. Hello, Sean. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Blues podcast. Um, First of all, how are you keeping it this tough time? Yes, uh, quite quite sunny in Bedford. Certainly, looking outside of the window of my flat, is it the same view? Have you stayed in Bedford? Have you travelled home? How has it worked for you so far? No, no, I'm still in Bedford. Me and uh, me and the girlfriend are still in Bedford, just around the corner from the club, actually. So, uh, yeah, luckily we've got a little garden, so we pretty much hold up in there while the weather's nice. Um, this is working from home. I'm trying to keep busy, just uh, just ticking along. Yeah, I suppose the the main point for players at this time. I mean, I suppose that you never dreamed that something like this would, would would ever happen. But I guess the the main message from you is that you're trying to keep as fit as possible, keep, you know, ticking uh, along as much as you can. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange time for everybody. Um, and obviously with us, it's it's something that we're not used to. Usually when we get time off, it's over the summer and the off-season and lads want to get out and enjoy themselves. But yeah, very strange time. Um, everyone sort of raided the club gym and been loaned out dumbbells and kettlebells and what have you to uh, to try and keep fit in, in the best way they can and Jamie Bain the conditioners sent everybody out you know uh, modified work from home training schedule and stuff so yeah it's very strange and everyone sort of you know no, everyone wants to stay fit and whenever the rugby does finally roll back around um, we'll be ready to go into it yeah it's not a case of just sitting around and waiting for sport to come back I guess you, you know you keep as active as possible you said you go out walking the dog, using some weights. I mean, talk through the day that you would typically go through now. Uh, well, I think it's important for everybody to be active, really. I think when you're cooped up indoors today, it's going to do nothing good for you. So, yeah, I try. I mean, I get up first thing, give the dog a walk, maybe come home, I'm trying to do a bit of yoga uh, with, uh, with the missus and we're following along with which Lane's girlfriend's doing an online Pilates class. So we're okay. doing a few of those as well. Um, and, yeah, just... just throwing the kettlebells around in the back garden and then uh, the odd the odd run the odd bike ride you know but uh, pretty limited what you can do but I think everybody's got to make the best of the situation really yeah, of course. Um, let's talk a little bit about the season. Obviously, the news last week that it's cancelled and uh, the results stay as they are. Um, obviously, a frustrating time because the club was starting to pick up you know, some really good form. Five wins out of eight. Every home uh, game in 2020, we'd won. 
Um, how tough is it that it's that this kind of news has happened now where, you know, the team was just starting to get into some sort of stride and get the results that were putting us to where we should have been within the championship table? Yeah, I mean, it's really disappointing. It's disappointing for players, it's disappointing for the fans. Because um, as you said, we, we were really starting to look up this tail end of the season. We, you know, looking at our fixtures, we had a lot of opportunity to, to carry on our good form and, and climb the table. Um, especially, you know, everyone knows we had a pretty poor start to the season, so everyone was looking forward to putting that right, knock, notching up a few more wins. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, disappointing is the only way you can phrase it. Everyone wants to be out there playing rugby, and just one of those things, really. No one saw it coming, and, and it is what it is, but like I said, all the efforts will have to go into next season and, and starting that with a bang, I guess, whenever that decides to uh, come about. I mean, seasons will always have good points, will always have bad points. Um, maybe could you just pick out one, um, you know, the most positive moment of the season, what, what you saw, maybe the lowest point and how the squad maybe got through that to make sure that they were more highs than lows? Um, we'll start with highs, I think. I think that the, the one performance that stands out for me is definitely the, the Doncaster at home game we had earlier in the year. Um, just you know, we we just finally started to pick up some good form, and, and that was the first time everything had sort of come together. You know, we had really solid defensive display and scored a few tries, and we were at home as well in front of a decent crowd. And that was just one of those days where it's great, great to play for Bedford Blues, and um, you run in front, in front, out in front of three thousand people and putting a good performance. It's uh, it's really good. Um, on the negative side, it's probably I mean it's the whole first half of the year really. I mean. You know, going from loss to loss and, 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 you know, tough cup run and all those sort of things, you know, adding up on top of each other. It was just, it was a difficult time. Um, but like you said, you go through highs and lows in sports. Um, and one thing that I'm actually very proud of all the lads is there was never any sort of infighting within the squad. There was never, you know, anyone looking at each other and slagging each other off behind each other's back. Everyone sort of stuck in it together. Um, you know, just wanted to work harder and, and find the way out of the slump we were in. Um, and because we did stick together, we, we, we finally managed to crawl out of that hole and uh, started uh, January uh, well and, and, like you said, kept on going and picked up a few wins. Yeah, I mean, one of the, uh, the key phrases you were using there was about sticking together. Um, I guess that's, that's never been more, you know, relevant, I guess. You know, there'll be fans listening here. Um, you do you potentially have a message for how we should all stick stick together at this time, and maybe a little message for the for the blues supporters who are maybe listening in to this podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've seen you know there's, there's a lot of lovely stories coming out in this time. People pulling together um, and doing good deeds for the neighbours and, and people around. So I just think you know everybody wants to stay safe, listen to the government advice, and if we're all pulling together, this will be over a lot quicker than it than it possibly could be. Uh, and then, yeah, look forward to seeing everybody back at Goldington Road whenever, whenever permitted. Yeah, I'm sure we're all looking forward to that, Sean. Thank you very much for your time on the Blues podcast and thank you for joining in. Brilliant. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, thank Ryan. you. Cheers, Sean. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Sean McCarthy then, just giving a little uh, message there to the Blues family and how we should all stick together at this time. Let's move swiftly on then. Let's go to Grill with Will with Ollie Curry. Rule with Will, 20 questions with Ollie Curry. Nickname? Uh, Cuz. Position. Position. Uh, back row, centre. Left or right? Right. Light or dark blue? 
Dark blue. Flowers or chocolates? Chocolate. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. In or out? In. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dogs or cats? I want to change one of my answers to out. Dogs. Hugs or kisses? <laughs> kisses. Bits or no bits? Bits. Rock or more? Neither. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Martin Johnson or Johnny Wilkinson? Neither. Red or brown? Neither. Deal or no deal? Deal. Christmas or birthday? Christmas. Morning or evening? Evening. Nike or Adidas? Nike. One on one, Mike or Deborah? Debs. Certainly some interesting lines from Ollie Curry there. Let's get back onto the phone then and let's try and speak to Dan Tem. Hey, Ryan, there's a phone call I wasn't uh, expecting today. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that, Dan. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Are you keeping well at this time? Uh, I am, yeah. Trying to keep busy as much as possible, so... Um, it's all a little bit crazy, but uh, we've just got to all do our part to try and get through. How's things with you? Yeah, well, it's testing times, but obviously we're still trying to communicate with the fans, hence why we've tried to get you on the phones now. appreciate you taking the call. Um, firstly, can you just take us through, you know, maybe a day in the life of Dan Tem at the moment, how you keep him fit? Yeah, so this is official podcast chat now, yeah. Of course. We're into it. Um, so, for me, I'm trying to keep my routine a little bit and not playing all morning so I'm getting up at sort of eight o'clock and then come down and do breakfast and things my girlfriend Julia's um CrossFit class CrossFit tooting they are running virtual classes throughout the day and they actually let all their members come and borrow gear uh for that for the time that while they're on lockdown so we try and do one of those classes in the morning and then I'm kind of into some work stuff, so as well as doing the rugby, I know some people have heard me bang on about it lots of times before, but I have a little cashmere clothes business that we try and do, so I'm I'm really trying to put some work in there and stay productive and get on top of things, and it's going to be quite a tough time for us now uh, with not many people buying online and things, so do, do that for a few hours and then try and get out for my one... Uh, allowed slot of daily exercise we go for a big walk or a run or something and come back bit of dinner settle down into a bit of netflix and uh repeat so that's how it's looking at the moment yeah it's key to keep busy at this time isn't it you can't just sit and rest on uh, your laurels yeah definitely i think um you know i, I think although uh although it's an extremely testing time and lots of people are working from home in some ways for rugby players it's kind of presented itself an opportunity to uh, make the most of a lot of things you wanted to do, whether it be some DIY around the house or uh, maybe doing a bit of extra study or you know, trying to pursue starting a business that you hadn't really had time to do before. Uh, for us guys who haven't got lots on our plates apart from trying to keep fit and things, I think it's a good opportunity for us to be proactive and do things. So that's where I'm trying to focus my time. Yeah, and you're trying to not, you know, um, be a pain to your sort of housemates. You're trying to keep yes. keep busy to not let them get rolled up either. That's right. That's right. We um, we have a couple of housemates. One's actually gone back to Newcastle, but I live with my sister Julia's, uh, my, my girlfriend Julia's sister Caroline, 
and her um, boyfriend's been staying here as well. So, yeah, we're all trying to split ourselves up into different rooms in the house and not be in each other's hair too much and all those sorts of things is, I'm sure, is proving a problem for a lot of the UK with everyone being on top of each other all day, every day. Yeah, yeah, presents itself with uh, unique circumstances, shall we say. But, yeah, hopefully if we all just buy in and um, stick to the guidelines and do it as best as possible, then we'll only be doing it for a few weeks instead of a few months. Uh, So, yeah, we're really focused on doing what we're told and um, sticking to that so that we can be out of this uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, of course, we want to get back out on uh, the field as soon uh, as soon as possible i'm sure that you That's would right. you know agree with those sentiments yeah for sure i mean it's such a, you know it's i think it's, it's it's definitely the right decision the decision that the rfu have taken to um, cancel the games but it is it is such a shame at the same time you know uh, especially the, the fact that you never the same rugby team never plays two years in a row there's always new people coming in and old people going out and often those last few games are a nice time to finish off those memories with that group of players that you've played with all year and um, to have it sort of end so abruptly and not get to do some of those goodbyes or have those last moments is, um, is definitely quite a shame and it's, it's not like anything I've sort of experienced before so yeah totally think that we're doing the right thing but at the same time you know it's a shame not to have those last few games and say some goodbyes and play a bit of rugby in the sun in the sunshine which uh we really did lack throughout the year yeah i'm sure that it's fair to say that you'd never dreamed that your first season at the blues would have ended this way but let's just look at it you know in general 16 games six six tries you happy with how it went um yeah i mean it's, it's it's really hard to look at your own personal performance i'd say when uh results as a team aren't going that well and Everybody listening to this will know up until Christmas we did really struggle. So I was just taking, you know, I really enjoyed my pre-season and really enjoyed um, my start. And Bedford Blues is a club I had my eye on for a long time um, and things. So, yeah, listen, once once we got through Christmas and we started winning a few games, probably started to be a little bit happier from a personal perspective than a team perspective. But, uh, yeah, I'd say you know, I'm happy with my... My first year, it was nice to go over the whitewash a couple of times, although it hasn't happened too much in the latter part of the season. But, yeah, overall, overall happy, and we're happy with the way that we were progressing as a team. And it's another reason it's such a shame of the timing of, uh, of this whole thing, because we were building a bit of momentum, and I think we really could have targeted some of these games towards this back end of the season that we would have seen us climb up the table. So, really a season of two halves, but... From a personal perspective, I'd say I was reasonably happy. Yeah, and if you could maybe pick one standout moment from from this from the season, could you just take us through what that would be? Oh, standout moment—that's a toughie. Um, I mean, I actually missed a few games in the start, uh, and uh, no, I missed a few games in the, after New Year, and um, so I had to watch the Twitter for one of those. Uh, game or a couple of those games, the Coventry at home and the Jersey at home games, which ended up being absolute nail biters, and they were real, uh, they were real season turners and real morale boosters. So they were personally some really great moments to be following the Twitter and see us winning and on the 79th minute and then closing it out. But from a personal perspective, um, standout moment. Well, yeah, I think that Doncaster game 
uh, playing up the hill was probably as good a performance as we could have given in that first half. Uh, it was really enjoyable watching people smash people and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'd say my most enjoyable moment was the first half of the Doncaster game a few weeks ago. And I suppose, you know, the message is that Doncaster game was the last home game we played before the cancellation. You just want to, when, you know, the action returns, get performances like that again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It's such a big shame about all of this, but um, we kind of, we hadn't, we, we hadn't really strung together too many sort of 60, 70, 80 minute performances throughout the year. And uh, Although that Doncaster game, we tailed off a bit in the second half. We've done such a good job in the first half that... Uh, it was we sort of got through, but um, yeah, building on next season, a few more performances like that would be really nice. Yeah, and uh, the home support was brilliant all season, even in those testing times. Um, do you maybe have a, a message for the supporters that will be listening into this um, podcast when it goes out? Yeah, I mean, we were so appreciative, you know, no matter the results that people kept turning out, and especially in some of those tougher conditions with rain and cold and all those sorts of things so yeah we were so appreciative we know we've got the best fans in the league and I think that was a real um, that was a real uh, testament to that statement and you know sport is so tough uh, unfortunately everybody's sports teams goes through highs and lows and if it's been a team that's always done so well over the years that was a shock not only to the fans and the players that we struggled so much in that first half of the year but you know they stuck by us and I hope that they were sort of happy with the way that we were progressing towards uh, towards the latter end. Brilliant. Dan, thank you very much for your time and for joining us on the Blues podcast. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's great. Good to speak to you. And I hope uh, all the Blues fans are safe and healthy in this uh, testing times. And um, hopefully we get through it and we're back to Goldington Road with, um, with a bang next year or the end of this year. Brilliant. A very nice message, message from you there, Dan. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Ryan. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Goodbye, mate. Bye. Stay safe. That was Dan Tem then uh, with some lovely messages there for the Blues supporters. Hope you enjoyed the interview. We're moving swiftly on then. Let's go to Chat in the Hat, this time with Grayson Hart and Joe Rafter. Who has impressed you most with what they've accomplished? Impressed me most? Just in life, in general? I think so, yeah. <sighs> well... I'm a big fan of um, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. I reckon he's the man. He yeah. he's like a wise and enlightened guy, you know, and he sort of unified a nation yeah. in a way, um, non-violently as yeah, well, yeah. which is yeah. pretty bloody amazing. Um, you know, guys like that fascinate me. Yeah. Um, but also just people who are really content with life, much like yourself, just enjoy yeah. life, Got the time, little things yeah. in life. Love a bit of footy. Yeah, that's it. Love a date or two. That's it. Got a Netflix. Netflix you know, and chill. I think in life we get bloody brainwashed that you got to live some big extravagant life. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm inspired by people that just really enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Because you, know? yeah. you can right. see, I, I've seen a whole lot of people who have all these fancy things and go on holidays, but they seem, a lot of them, oh, yeah, not, not happy. happy. Not happy. So I'm inspired by people that just really enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. Hi, it's Dean Adamson here. You're listening to the Bedford Blues podcast. It certainly seems that Grayson and Joe had some fun filming that video with Will Roberts. Back onto the phone lines we go then, and to the final call of the day, which is to Howard Travis. Now, Howard runs the Friends of the Blues, who are an important fundraising organisation who support the club. 
Hello. Hello, Howard. How are you? Is that Ryan? It is indeed. From the Bedford Blues podcast. Of course. About time they got rid of that Sam Roberts. Grossly <laughs> overrated, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to hear from you. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> the reason I've asked you to be on uh, the Blues podcast today is to, you know, talk to us about how you know yourself and the friends of the Blues are, are keeping at these testing times. Um, maybe that's where we should start. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the Friends of the Blues? Yeah, well, the Friends of the Blues um, started about eight years ago now, um, and it came from my dear friend uh, Mark Howe, uh, the late Mark Howe, who um, asked me uh, if I would take on a, a former fund that was kind of fading away and needed rejuvenating the um, uh, Blues Bonus Tri Fund, um, it dwindled to uh, a minimal income. And it basically was an opportunity to redesign um, a way of people who wish to give a bit of money over and above attending the match or sponsoring the match, um, allowing them to feel as if they're contributing to the club's fortunes, its prosperity, and making a real difference by mainly small don- donations. And it started small, and um, we've built it up to an income now of approaching £25,000, around a £25,000 mark. Um, so that money has gone to the club from the Friends of the Blues, which is an organisation that just sits outside the club and is run by um, uh, Rawlings Pride Accountants, and Matthew Rawlings in particular. Um, the money's gone to the club and has been used... Over that time, in lots of £20,000 a year um, to fund capital projects around the ground, uh, including trebling the size of the gym, adding new equipment, refurbishment to the marquee, um, which is obviously a big revenue stream for the club, and many other small projects. So it's made a big, big difference to the club, and the board are always uh, at pains to tell me uh, how valued it is. Um, I'm glad to say that in recent times, in the in the last few months, when we're you know being faced with these huge and unwarranted cuts from the RFU, more members have flocked to the fund, and I would suggest we've got a 10% increase in the last few weeks. So um, yes, Blues fans just doing that little bit extra to help the club, help its finances, and making making a big difference by a lot of people banding together. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about, you know, how people have taken up the chance to join Friends of the Blues since all this funding cuts hit. Um, maybe for those who haven't yet, can you just explain how that could potentially be done? Well, if you, if you wanted to join, um, you know, the 200-odd members, um, there is a link to um, a standing order form on the club website. Um, entry is at £7 a month, 12 months. And for that, you get two goes in each raffle. We have um, a lot of raffles, mainly coinciding with home league matches throughout the season. Um, They add fun to it, and there's some really good prizes, Uh, a lot of them from businesses that uh, support the Friends of the Blues. And um, uh, the culmination would be the £1,000 prize at the end of the season, which comes about from um, members picking a player to score them a try 
in a home league match, and if that player scores a try, they go into the thousand pound draw. So at the end of the season, it's probably about twenty people are in that draw. That draw takes place at the soiree that we have at the end of each season, which is this year being postponed um, until the start of next, when Mike Rare brings along the whole squad and we have a good fun night and um, uh, lots of fun and frolics. Uh, we have the trial of the season competition, uh, the guest of the crowd competition and various other bits and bobs. An interview with um, a rugby celebrity by Sam Roberts who compares the evening. So that's a good fun culmination to the season. Throughout the season, as I said, lots of prizes, those home league draws. And um, you get a communication from myself uh, to coincide with those draws. So it keeps everybody kind of uh, fairly close and understanding what's going on and how the money's being spent. Yeah, and being part of the Friends of Blues, you can see that it makes a real difference to the club. Well, it does. I mean, as I said, you know, the board, Jeff Irvine Downwards, David Gunner, they are always reminding me how valuable that money is. And the value of those contributions has gone up immensely in the, in the past few weeks. And I think that's what's drawn more people to support it. It's very typical of Bedford fans that they recognise a crisis and are prepared to stand up for something they love, support it and preserve it. And I think a lot of that comes back from 1999 when the, the town basically bought the club in its uh, biggest crisis by uh, becoming shareholders. There's a lot of the same people and thankfully a lot of new members who are continuing that tradition supporting the club. Yeah, you've hinted to a crisis. I was going to ask you actually um, about, you know, you've seen the club through some, you know, tricky times within the past. How crucial is it for us all to stick together at these times and make sure we pull through again? Well, I mean, you know, there are similarities with 1999, but not as dire, I have to say. Basically, at that point in time, um, the club was not owned by the people of Bedford, um, by the club itself. It was owned by a criminal who was uh, doing a great disservice, is the polite way to putting it. So it was the ultimate crisis. Um, and it, and it, it, it ended, thankfully, with a, a marvellous result in that we got our club back and has allowed us the last 20 years to, to enjoy it and to progress the club to a point where it's um, um, self-funding, standing on its own two feet, which is a, a rarity in rugby union, in English rugby union, well, any rugby union, financial crisis all over the place. But Bedford has got to a, to a situation where it is self-standing. And... Um, and the contributions of uh, the ordinary man in the street, the, the Bedford fans, some cases people who don't even come to matches, uh, just as in 1999, is, is seeing the club very well in, in the present circumstance. And, you know, maybe looking towards the future a little bit, where do you see the Friends of the Blues going from here? Well, um, you know, it's a very expensive business running a rugby union club at... Um, you know, the professional end of the game. Um, we we are able to make a contribution to that. Um, it's fine lines when only one club in the country, uh, the top end Exeter, made profit last year, with Bedford not far behind it. So, albeit £25,000 or maybe £30,000 as a target, doesn't seem a lot. When you're breaking even, it is a lot. Howard, this is the first podcast since, obviously, the news that the season's been cancelled. Can you just take us back of how you see the season from a supporter's point of view? 
Yeah, I'm long enough in the tooth to realise that uh, it's all, not always plain sailing on the playing front. You'll have your ups and downs, and we've had plenty of downs before Christmas. We've coincided with lots of changes to the playing personnel, which happens, and then compounded by a lot of injuries. But it's the way you bounce back from anything, and we have bounced back post-Christmas, and things were going pretty well. And uh, you know, I've referred previously to that night, that Friday night match against Coventry, 2,700 people there. A fantastic game of rugby under the lights at Golden's Road. And then suddenly the rug was pulled from under our feet by the RFU cuts the following week. Um, that has to be the standout moment uh, because it does change things. And while we're talking about the Friends of the Blues raising 25000 or aiming perhaps for 30000 now, um, that money uh, made a massive, massive difference then. Now we have cuts of £200,000 plus from the RFU. The value of that 30000 that £25,000 has gone through the roof. And we need to raise as much money as we can to fill that hole. How proud are you of the fans and how they've uh, responded to all this news? Oh, it's absolutely tremendous. Exactly the same as 1999. The same attitude, the same coming together. Um... You know, we all think our own club is the best, but there is something very special about Bedford and its supporters, its relationship with the town, with business. Um, our fans are extraordinary. They, they they travel away in greater number than any other fan in our division, and we have the best gates, bar the visitor from Premier Rugby every year. Um, our fans are brilliant, and they are prepared to stand up to the plate and offer a little bit of money. In some cases, you know, you feel like, you know, you, Maybe you can't quite afford it, but they're still doing No, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Absolutely tremendous. Um, our fans are the best. Brilliant. Brilliant. Howard, very much appreciate your time on the Blues podcast today. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, Howard. Bye-bye, Dave, Ryan. Stay safe and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Howard. That was Howard Travis there talking about the Friends of the Blues. If you would like to join, it's from £7 a month and you can contact Howard or Andy Barwell on email through info at friendsoftheblues.net or they also have a Twitter account at friendsblues. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Blues Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're hoping to bring you some more exciting content very soon. So stay tuned to our social media channels and the club website over the coming days and weeks to see what we can come up with. At the very heart of Bedford Blues is the concept of family and unity. We urge all supporters to put the well-being of themselves and those around them first. Stay safe, everyone, and see you all soon. Goodbye for now. <laughs>